Hey everyone, welcome once again to Podcast in Death, the weekly podcast where we discuss the in-depth series of books by J.D. Robb. I'm AJ. I'm Jen. And I'm Rebecca. And this is episode six of Podcast in Death. And on this episode, we're going to talk about the third book in the original trilogy, which is Immortal and Death. Yay! So... Let's start with you, Rebecca, since this is your first time reading it. What what were your uh, overall opinions on this one? Um, so I liked, uh, it, it's interesting to see how um, Eve is developing and um, kind of coming out of her shell. Um, right. Dealing, dealing with things from her past and, um, you know, um, it's just it, that, that, aspect of it has been interesting for for me probably because of my place in my you know current journey in, of life but right. uh, you know that's just been uh, uh pretty cool um right. peabody's a crack up Love right <laughs> peabody's Love awesome yeah peabody peabody is my is my uh spirit spirit uh, animal character yeah <laughs> Yeah. I think she's, she's kind of everybody's, honestly. Yeah, she's you know this. She's smart and witty, and I I love that. Yeah, yeah, and so much more of her personality comes out in in later books, and it's great. So um, so okay, so quick rundown of what's going on in this book. Um, Eve and Ork are getting married, and Mavis has convinced Eve to have a custom dress made by Mavis's new boyfriend Leonardo. While at the fitting, Leonardo's ex, Pandora, bursts in and starts a brawl with Mavis and then threatens to ruin Leonardo. The next day, Pandora is found murdered. Mavis is charged with the crime and Eve has to find the real killer to save Mavis. And that is my short synopsis. That is a good synopsis. That's about, that about sums it up. So, I mean, the, the very first... Like the very first scene, I think, is one that, I mean, it's one, I'm going to say this every single podcast. One of my favorite scenes in the entire series. <laughs> I feel like I say that every time. But, you know, oh, yeah. it's the scene at the beginning where where Eve is telling Rourke where she's, what she's going to do for that day. And she's yeah. going to go for dress fittings. Yes. And he panics. And he tells her, let's elope now. You look fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. That's fantastic. I I love that scene too. That's a that's a that's a good one. Yeah, and you know, I mean, even when when Eve gets there, she like kind of she sees stuff in the window and it's all funky, like weird colors and things, and she's like, "Oh, I don't know no. about this." And she's about to turn around, and and Mavis comes up Mavis to her and goes, "Oh, great, drags her let's in. go in." Yeah, she drags her in. That's, yeah, that was my favorite part. <laughs> She's like, we're doing this. So yeah. what did you think about Leonardo? You know, I, I honestly... Uh, Didn't get much of an impression of him? No, no. Um, I mean, he's he's there, and then he kind of disappears for a really long time. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you kind of, it's like always kind of in the back of your head, like, well, wh- what happened to him? Like, he he's gone now. Like, now what? But, you know, I'll, Mavis kind of disappears too, you know? Um uh, mm-hmm. Even though it's it's she's talked about throughout the book, she's she's not really a a driving force in the book, right? 
Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, Eve has to arrest her almost right away. Right. Right. And so um, she's like under house arrest. And then same thing with Leonardo. Um, So, but I think we're just kind of skipping over some stuff. But yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of why you don't see either one of them for a while. But there is a scene uh, kind of in the middle of the book where Eve comes home and and they're there, uh, Mavis and Leonardo, and he's taken over one room in the house, you know, and to design her like wedding dress and her trousseau and, Trina's there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't know if we want to talk about this now, but who has a trousseau anymore? <laughs> and especially in the future. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> look, that you're a- the very first time I read that, I was like, what? Like, what are we in Regency England? I mean, yeah. nobody has those anymore. <laughs> Well, I mean, you're a a clothing designer and you have Rourke's fiance. I mean, you're going to go, you know what you need? A trousseau. Oh yeah. I mean, sure. One thing I did like about Leonardo from the, from the very beginning was that um, when Eve was describing him to Rourke, Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't, it wasn't automatically noticeable from when she first, when Nora first describes him for the book, but when Eve's describing him for Rourke, she says he's native American. Yes. And, um, I always thought like, well, that's fantastic that she made him native American or at the very least mixed with native American and something else. Yeah. Because you don't really see that a whole lot. A lot of native American characters in fiction. Right. I mean, unless you go. Unless it's specifically unless, about. Yeah, right. Unless they're, you know, some sort of stereotype or, um, which is unfortunate. Right. Or unless it's specifically about the culture or, you know. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. This is, you know, he's just a regular, regular character, a regular guy. And that's right. one thing I really absolutely love about the end death books is she's got all these characters of different races and different backgrounds and different um, you know, different right. sexual orientations and they, you know, they're just characters. It's never an issue. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, you don't see, yeah. you don't see race come up a lot. Every once in a while you see some homophobia sneak in. Um, never with the main characters, but you know, with like suspects and that sort of thing you do. Right. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of a cool thing that. Which is kind of a weird thing because if you think about it, you know, even even having the books written in the 90s, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Homosexuality yeah. was already, I mean, it was it was already a hot button then. It's, you know. Oh, absolutely. I mean. Five, at- 30 years later, and it's still a hot button. Look and he shows up at the time. I mean, like Friends and, um, you know, ER and shows like that, you know having a gay character was controversial. It was a big mm-hmm. deal. Yeah. And, yeah. I totally remember the Ellen episode. Yeah. And the Ellen mm-hmm. episode. And yeah. So, you know, it's kind of cool that, you know, and I think back in those days too, I think Nora, that I think this, she was kind of envisioning what she hoped for the future as far as that kind of thing 
go. Right. 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 But to still have homophobic characters is, is odd when you're considering something that is futuristic. It seems to me like at that, that far in the future, you would have. Yeah. I mean, maybe it would not be there anymore. Yeah. It's not really present at all. There's just the occasional character. And yeah, I mean, I think you're going to have that. It's just humanity. People are, yeah. people are assholes. I'm going to use, I'm going to use. It's <laughs> true. Yeah. And so, people are assholes. yeah, you're going to have that. And so, but I think for the most part, it's completely accepted. It's completely normal. And except for the jerks, it's not, it's not even an issue. It's not, right. you know, it's not anything that's even, you know, abnormal. It's just, oh, you know. This is a gay mm-hmm. couple. It's fine. And that's a, I, I love it. I think it's fantastic. Right. One thing I was going to say was that, that, um, so she made him native American, which I really loved, but I think later on, she kind of said on, on one of the forums that she envisions, she envisioned him at that time as, as, uh, African American. And I was like, that was actually, that was actually Trina. No, she said that about Leonardo too. Oh, did she? I don't remember that. I remember the conversation about Trina because mm-hmm. for the longest time she said Trina was, she was African-American, but then all of a sudden when she needed her to match a description, she was a white girl. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, you know, I don't know. Yeah. So, but it, for the purposes of this book, He's Native American, and that's how I've always seen him. Yeah, and that's I, yeah, how it's I've gonna never always seen be. anything, but I, yeah. I don't even remember that. Where she's she? It was just me because it bothered me, and that's why I remember it. Yeah, no, but, I, um, I, yeah, I didn't know that. And what I like about Leonardo was he he didn't have any problem. I mean, it seemed like he like took to Eve right away because Eve's Mavis's friend, and it was never sure. You know, you have never... to win over. You have to win over the friend, right? Well, yeah. Girl, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. But I found it was interesting <laughs> that he like he was he was joking around with her right away. Like he showed her the a bunch of you know dress designs yeah. that were completely horrible, and he did it just as a joke, right? Yeah, yeah. probably know? based on. I mean, if you're if you're imagining the relationship, right? Probably based on stuff that Mavis had probably already shared knowing that she was going to bring Eve into him, you know, so he, he probably had an idea, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Sure. And that it would freak her out. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So then the whole scene with, with uh, Pandora is fascinating because, you know, you have to keep in mind that Eve is completely naked by that time. Yeah. And you know, Pandora yeah. comes in and stuff happens and Eve's got to be like, Oh crap. You know, I don't have any of my stuff. I don't have my stunner. She didn't have her stunner on her. Nothing. Yeah. You know? So I think, was it Eve that punched Pandora? Like, or yeah. 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 And then sat on her. And then Pandora was like, oh, you'll never work in this town again. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Do you know who I am? Mm. <laughs> So, and then of course, you know, Eve recaps her day later on with Rourke 
And Rourke's like, oh, Pandora, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another one he slept with. Uh-huh. Good oh, Lord, child, keep in your pants. <laughs> well, he does now. Come on. Yeah, you know, like, some of them you can understand, but, you know, yeah. really, I mean, have some standards, Rourke. Carol, <laughs> <laughs> how pretty she is. She was a bitch. Well, I mean, clearly he was amused by the fact that Eve had, you know, punched her. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> he laughed at that. So then later on, um, so we're now we're seeing Peabody come into it because Eve is, is asked specifically for Peabody to help her out with this case. Yes. And uh, so we there's a little we're pushback, s- actually. Like, hmm? there's a little pushback. Like, why? Like, right. You know, they're like, why? Why do you want her? <laughs> right. Well, and it would make sense. You know, I mean, she's just a beat cop, but at this point, you know, I mean, why? But, um, I mean, obviously Eve saw something in her from the very beginning. And I, I wrote down, uh, a scene that I thought was funny and it's very Rourke because later on, um, Eve is asking Rourke to, to access some information from her work computer. It's like late at night. And they're at home, but she needs information from her work computer. And then so she goes to to start telling him like what her passwords are. And he was like, uh, please. Yeah. Just don't insult me. Don't insult me. I'm tired. Just let me do this and let's get this done. Right. And he gets in right away and she's kind of a little annoyed, like, it's a police computer. How do you get in right away? He's like, Because well, he's Rourke. I'm Rourke. So that's how, you know. Then we, we are introduced to Jake Casto. Yes. Which I've always seen as Matthew McConaughey, but Me you know, too! that's what I see in my head. Yes! <laughs> Every time I read the book, I'm like, it's totally Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> and this was before he was even a big deal. So, I mean, it's, right. just, it's hilarious to me that, you know, he was so, the description is so like, Bang yeah, on. you have to wonder if she had him in her head too. Yeah, well, but yeah, like I, I mean, when did Dazed and Confused come out? That's the first thing I remember ever seeing him in, and that was, I think, I was, I might have been in high school, so I that was remember. early '90s. But he didn't really get big until A Time to Kill, right? And that was, I mean, I was in college for that one, so I mean. Yeah, I don't I'll know. Tell you. I, yeah, I mean it's it's insane. So, Movies are sorry, my... Matthew. If you if you happen to be listening, but you know that's we see you as this guy that's not a very good person. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> and he's kind but of a dick from him. the very beginning. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, but from the very beginning, he's kind of a dick. Oh yeah, yeah. He comes I mean, on to her like first, first page. He's hitting on Eve, knowing she's engaged. Right. right, you no, know, I do it subtly, but he was like full on hitting on her, and he yeah. knew, and he mentions that she's engaged, so he knew. Like, it matter it, it, to know, you know, it, it's yeah. not like he doesn't know it's work, right? Yeah, you yeah. would think, like, maybe I better not 
mess with that but yeah i don't know maybe it's a male thing like maybe i want to see if i can get rourke's fiance you know in the sack you know yeah it's a y chromosome thing maybe i don't know sounds like a typical you know disgusting man thing to do but it does it really does no offense to any guys (laughs) listening yeah (laughs) any guy listeners we might have so but then right after that is the the uh scene where leonardo had already woken up like in his in mavis's apartment he's covered in blood yes and so he goes right away to uh eve's office and confesses to pandora's murder and then passes out (laughs) right away can you imagine this huge guy just shows up and confesses to murder and just keels over in your office i mean right yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Leonardo that, has always, as much as I love him, I do. I love Leonardo, but he's always kind of struck me as kind of a wuss and just not, he just kind of, you know, does what he's told. And, you know, he, he very rarely stands up for himself. Well, he's very sensitive and well, there's nothing wrong with the sensitive, sensitive man. It's like, um, it's almost to the point of too sensitive. And I don't know. I, I, yeah. Uh, so the, uh, and again, I feel like I'm going to mention this every podcast too, but the, uh, the faded mates podcast I listened to, um, would call that a cinnamon roll. Yeah. So Leonardo's a total yeah. cinnamon roll. Okay. Kinda yeah. Soft and squishy that. and. Yep. I know that term. Sweet. Yeah. Interaction. So yeah. Yeah. He is very much so. Yeah, he's a total cinnamon roll. But that's okay. I like that about him. Yeah. No, and I do too. Like I said, I love him. I love him. I actually like Leonardo better than I like Mavis. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. You know. We've discussed that before. Yeah. She's not my favorite character by any means. Yeah. But. And the other thing too is, I mean, if you... If you listen to the audiobooks, books, <laughs> uh, the, that's one, <laughs> I know, right there, there's one vocal characterization that I don't agree with. It has to be Leonardo because she makes him Italian. What? Like she, she what? makes him Italian. Like the Ninja Turtle. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Like well, a Ninja paper. Turtle would be a I, Ninja Turtle would sound like uh, McNabb. Right, right. No, no was, she makes a bad joke. It was stupid. But <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, no, she makes him sound Italian. He has a total right. Italian uh, accent. Because because I think she's thinking, oh, Leonardo. Yeah, clearly he's Italian. <laughs> no, but that's okay. <laughs> I still love you, Susan Erickson. Uh-huh. Uh-uh. <laughs> At a certain point, they get information back that ties Mavis to the murder. Yes. And so Eve has to arrest her for real. Yes. And she's been staying at Rourke's house. And so Eve has to go to Rourke's house and arrest Mavis. Yes. And gets a tongue lashing by... By my favorite dickhead, Somerset. Somerset. <laughs> yeah. Who tells Eve that 
you know, Mavis has cried herself to sleep. Yes. And how she's without loyalty. and She's a terrible human and right hard to live. And yeah. But of course he's not, he can't hear what's going on in Eve's head. And he, Eve is like totally beating herself up about having to do this in the first place. I mean, she's like totally feeling miserable about it. Yes. Well, wouldn't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, but he doesn't take that into account. Is he, he had been around Eve long enough to know that that assumption was wrong. That right. she didn't care. That she was just being a cop and didn't care about her friend's feelings. You know? Right. So I guess that I guess that's what bugs me the most about that interaction is that he just, you know, he he jump, he just bounces back to that you're an evil cop assumption and is like, right. you know, you're horrible. You're mean to your friend. Go to hell. Right. You know, I mean, I just, this reread is just reminding me of how much I disliked him in the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I mean, so, but the good thing about this book and this situation is that we are now hearing from Rourke why yeah. Somerset is that yeah. way. We're yeah. hearing Somerset's backstory. Yeah. Yep. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, part of it. Still not a good enough excuse to me. Thank you, Rebecca. I agree. <laughs> well, no, it's not, but... Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think that it's a, a good enough reason. I get that he sees Rourke as a son, and I get that, you know, there's a long history there, but just it, his attitude is awful. It's just awful. Yeah, well... Yeah, I, it's not an excuse, but I, I guess if you were somebody that lost your daughter in that way, yeah, and no police that you came in contact with gave a rat's ass about that, and, and I didn't, get that, but I mean, that's yeah, I don't know, I I just I have a problem with the whole, you know, one cop is evil, therefore every cop is evil idea, and the same with anything. You know, it's a profession like any other. I mean, cops, they're all going to be different people. They're not all going to be the same. Right. They're human. Yeah. And to blame her for what happened to his daughter. And it just seems like that's the problem. He's projecting that onto her. Right. And that's not okay. Because she has no idea at that point. Right. What, six months are together? You know, she has no idea about any of that. She just thinks he's being a dick. Right. Which he was. It's a lot of things. It's, it's a, it's a combination of things because it's the, the fact that he hates cops, but also it's the fact that he hates cops. So does Rourke. And right. yet here Rourke is marrying, you know, um, yeah. Marrying one. Yeah. I don't get the impression that Rourke hates cops. I think Rourke is more, more amused and kind of, it's a combination of amusement and disdain for cops more than it is hatred with Rourke. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, in, in, from, in the first book, you know, uh, he sees her and then, and, you know, right away says, yeah, this is something, somebody that I want to look up later and maybe hook up with. But then he realizes she's a cop and he's, he says a couple of times in his head to himself, like it's too damn bad. She's a cop. Yeah. yeah. 
Because he dislikes cops. No, no. I'm, but I guess what I'm saying is, is I don't think Rourke's hatred for cops. I don't think it's a hatred with Rourke. I think it's more a... Yeah, that might have been a strong word. Yeah. But I think with Somerset... Yeah, I, think, I, I think he's more of a, like, you know, he, he dabbles in... Yeah. Things, so why would he want a cop around? Right. Right. And I think Rourke honestly enjoyed kind of outwitting the cops like back in his bad old days. And so, oh, yeah. So I think it's, yeah, like I said, it's more amusement and disdain for cops than it is hatred. Whereas Somerset, it's actual hatred. Right. Yeah. Well, Somerset, I get the impression Somerset is, is holding on to a grudge and not willing to let it go. Yeah. Know? It's transferring and, that. And the grudge is a, is a general grudge against cops yeah 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 and and because of that he takes it out on all cops which is unfair yeah yes but it makes him human you know it does yeah (laughs) but yeah that's the end of a a long day for eve so um now we're kind of seeing pushy rourke come out because yeah. he has uh put a tranquilizer yeah, in say the first time he drugs her yeah which was always a big discussion on the boards whether that was okay or not and you know i i go back and forth on it because he's not doing it for any other reason than he wants her to relax and sleep sleep you know and shut down a little bit um, because he knows if he didn't, if he doesn't do that, she's just going to fret over Mavis right. all, all night. Right. And, but on the other hand, he's drugging her. That's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. That's a, that's another thing that I kind of chalk up to, uh, mid nineties, um, sensibilities, I guess. Yeah. More than anything else because if you noticed in the more recent books that doesn't happen very often right yeah i can't remember the last time it's happened i mean even in new york to dallas which was a really emotional book i don't think he ever drugged her well um okay so this is going to be a spoiler a little bit but i think he learned his lesson when she kind of turned the tables when she turned the tables on him yeah and trained him that's actually Speaking of favorite scenes, that's actually one of my all-time favorite scenes in this series is when she drugs him. <laughs> yeah. I think we're both looking forward to the portrait yeah. podcast. I, I'm excited for the portrait podcast. Yes, that's yeah. going to be a good one because we got a lot to discuss in that one. But yeah, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I just Like I said, that's, that was always a big discussion on the message boards and um, on any of the forums that, is this okay? Some people right. Say, People said no, you know, like, and and other people took it even into the, you know, he he pushes good nutrition on her too much, which no, I disagree with that. I mean, yeah, she's an adult, but she eats like a baby. She needs to, he, you know, right? He's her husband. He's going to make her eat right, <laughs> or not make her. You know what I mean? He doesn't make her do anything. He doesn't make her do anything, but he he tries to make sure that he's getting good nutrition. Rather than, you know, French fries and and crap all day long. Candy bars. Yeah. Candy bars. Yeah. 
So, but the the drugging, I'm I'm kind of on the fence on. I I don't know about that. Yeah, it's a step over the line. I haven't really spoken up here, but I I don't I don't think. I mean, personally, I don't think it's an issue. They're in a trusted relationship. Right. Oh, sure. Trying to sure. Yeah. And that's why I'm not okay. something that. <laughs> right. I, mean, I don't think it's, it's not like. Yeah, it's not like a deep yeah, That's right. not you know. okay. But no, you I, know, and yeah. But they're in the safety of their All right, home. So we're at the part where um, Eve comes home and and uh, finds Leonardo and Trina and everybody there. Yes. And which I, which I think is just kind of a fun scene. It's a nice little respite in the It's great in such an intense case. Because you can kind of I mean you can sympathize with Eve. I mean, it's been a long day. Mm-hmm. It generally is for her. I'm sure she was tired. Yeah. She comes home and here's Mavis and all these insane people at her house. Yes. And Mavis expects her to get a, a makeover. Yeah. And that's yeah. the last thing Eve wants to do to begin with. Even, right. Even when she hasn't had a long day. Right. Yeah. But she goes through with it because Leonardo's like, you know, uh, she Mavis just lost her job. And yeah. she's really down and she really needs this. Yep. Yeah, I... Uh... My... the I had the weirdest thought reading that scene. Whatever happened to Biff? I like Biff. Yeah. Like, he just disappeared. Stayed around. Never saw him again. Stayed around. Why not Biff? Right. <laughs> well, you can't have everybody come back. I know. I know. But, you know, he's, I, he was just, he was cool. I liked him. Yeah. She kept him. And the other thing I loved about that scene was um, just the scene where, where uh, kind of Somerset comes in to kind of check to make sure everybody's okay and, and, Mavis is like, oh my gosh, you're just the best. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and she gets the, the makeover by Trina. Yes. And, uh, Trina. God bless her. <laughs> I love, love Trina also. I yeah. love Trina all the way through the series. Yeah. I think she's fantastic. She's great. So, but the thing is, I mean, Rourke is not home at this point. He had to go um, to a meeting or he had to go out of town. Yeah, out of town or something. And uh, so after this makeover, when Eve finally gets the chance to go back to her little apartment that he's made for her office and grab some sleep, she has a really bad nightmare. Yes. And again, you know... It's a little bit of uh, Somerset now. Yeah, Eve has had her kind of like, here's what you don't know about Somerset yeah. moment, where now now you have to think about like, okay, well maybe I understand a little bit why Somerset is the way he is. Yeah. Now now Somerset's going to have his, here's what you don't know about Eve moment. Yeah. Which was good. I was glad that he had that. Not that that changes his attitude that much, but it's. I think it, it was the beginning for him, I think. Right. Yeah. Because he starts to understand that, yes, hey, she's a human and she went through a lot of crap too. Right. So. 
And it does show that he, he, he does care about her because even, even, you know, this early, because the, it's saying that she's having this nightmare and she's screaming out, daddy, daddy, no, it hurts. Yeah. And, and the book says that Somerset came to her in a dead run. Right. He wasn't like, well, she'll deal with that nightmare. Won't she? <laughs> yeah. No. Cause I hate yeah, her. Very true. He came to her in a dead run and he took care of her. Yeah. Yep. You know, maybe it was the daddy. Instinct. Yeah. Well, and, and, uh, in the book, it does say that, you know, cause he was trying to help her and he's thinking in his head about hearing her screaming. And it says in the book, you know, he tried not to think if his child had begged as Eve had begged. Right. Yeah. And it had to have been hard for him. Oh, for sure. Definitely. You know, but of course, you know, she's not having any of his mothering. No. So, well, no. Um, I mean, which you can't blame her in that situation. Yeah. I she, mean, yeah. You just want to be left alone. Yeah. And well, it, she's that kind of personality. Right. Too. Yeah. She doesn't want, she doesn't want people fussing. Well, she doesn't want right. help. Period. She just doesn't want anyone. Doing and, well, and especially with this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Because it said earlier in the books that she was she was having nightmares and she was trying to hide them from Rourke. Right. Right. So, so she doesn't want anybody's help going through this for right. whatever reason. You know, people are the way they are, but, you know, you would think that you would want help, but, you know, maybe not. I mean, yeah. I've never been through anything like that, so I can't right. say how I would feel, you know. So, but then Rourke, I mean, Somerset goes, like, he's going to go call Rourke's uh, doctor. And on the way out, he sees Rourke coming in and he tells Rourke there's something wrong with Eve. And then he says, like, you should have told me what had been, what had been done to her. Yes. But, you know, first of all, it's none of your goddamn it's business. Your business. <laughs> yeah. And it's not, not it's not his secret right. to share. I don't know why he feels like that's any business of his. Right. So um Rourke goes in and, and she's telling Rourke that she didn't just have a nightmare, it was a flashback. Right. And that she realizes that she was the one that killed her father with a knife. And because of that, now she's having this insane idea that she has to turn herself in and there has to be an investigation and she can't marry him. Yeah. Blah, blah. Which is ridiculous. Which is completely ridiculous thinking. Like, I mean, I can, I guess I can get there because she's just so messed up in her head at that point. But yeah, like, why would you even think you any of that? That's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's, but, it's. A little bit nuts, but you know, yeah, again, I not having been through that, right? Who knows? And everybody's reactions are different to things, so yeah, oh, absolutely. So, um, Rourke decides to call Mira, asks her if it would, if you know, be okay with her if he called Mira, and Mira comes over and they talk about it. Mira basically tells her, "Mm, You're being kind of stupid right now, yes. Which she's really good at doing. She's told her that. Yeah. In her, in her mirror way. Yeah. Very like, you know, 
nice. Let's let's. How do I put this nicely? You're being stupid, but in a nice way. Yes, in a friendly way. In a friendly way, she puts that. You know. <laughs> so, and God bless Dr. Mira. She's fantastic, and I love her. Yeah. Again, beginning to end, she's one of my favorites. She's amazing. And I would yeah. So, um, yeah, and so we we got at this point. I'm gonna say that we got a a message on Instagram, basically saying that uh, one of our followers, Dover fifty four, that's her favorite scene, and she says it shows how much Rourke loves Eve. Yeah, you know, I agree with that. What he went through for her in this in this whole scene, you know. Absolutely. How scared he was when he first got home and Somerset told him there was something wrong and, you know, calling Mira and all that. Yeah. I mean, clearly he loves her. Not Mira, but Eve. Yeah. So next day, uh, it's Eve and Peabody. And Peabody tells Eve that she had slept with Casto. Yes. So Casto's really getting around. Yeah. Well, you know. Kind of a sleazeball. What? <laughs> kind of a sleazeball. Yeah, he's a sleazeball. Even before we find out what we know, I thought he was just, he was, he's shady. He, he's like a sandy. Yeah, he was that. Always oh, working that angle. Type. And yeah, yeah, I just, I didn't trust him from minute one. And man, did he do a number on Peabody. And that's not cool, man. No. And there, so in contrast... Um, cause it's said in the book that at, at the very end, we find out that, um, at least a couple of times he, he had drugged her. Peabody. Yeah. Not okay. That's, That's the kind of drugging that, yeah, okay. it's not okay. He was doing that for his own means, you know, and she had no idea. Right. And, you know, he was using her. For an alibi, basically. Yeah. Get information out of her. And then drugging her so he could leave. Yeah. Yeah, and still and have that alibi. One th- Another thing I noticed reading this one again, um, you know, how, like, how much Eve was asking Peabody for details of her personal life, of what was going on with Castro and, you know, all this other kind of stuff. Yeah, because I think Eve kind of picked up on the fact that he was a little bit of a sleazeball. Sure, but, you know, but then you flash forward to when Peabody gets into, you know, her other relationships later on. And, you know, Eve's like, la, 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 I don't want to hear anything. Right, that's true. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So I think that that reaction is more who Peabody's with at that time. Yeah, right. than, than, Than Peabody having a relationship. Right. But I, you know, I don't know. I just, because it just seems like she seems to be more open to discussing her personal life and other people's personal lives. Yeah. In this one than she is even later on. Right. And I know, you know, later on, I think, you know, with the McNabb thing, especially, oh, sorry, spoiler alert. But, you know, I think she, I think she loves them both. And so she kind of is just like, eh. It's like, you know, when it's like your brother. Yeah, or your parents. Or your sister and somebody, and you're like, I don't want to know, like, you. Right. You know? So, yeah. You know, and I get that. So, 
Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And so I think that that's, um, I think that's the difference there. You know, it's more, you know, she knows, she knows that Peabody is going to be completely safe with him. And even with, you know, the other person she's involved with before McNabb or around the same yeah. time. Yeah. I won't mention who for those who Well, like I said, I think it I think it does have a little bit to do with the fact that I don't think Eve ever completely trusted Casto. Right. Yeah. Although yeah. she was fine with Eve, I mean with Peabody like having a quick uh yeah. affair with him. Like why not? Yeah. yeah. You know. But yeah, I don't think she absolutely trusted him, but I think the other two guys that we're talking about here, I think she did trust them and knew that they'd be if nothing else they'd be good to Peabody. Which right. they are. Yeah. And both of them are very good to her. So so speaking of Peabody, another thing that I put down here, um, there they had, she and, well, she and Eve did eventually have a fight about Casto. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I saw that in your notes. <laughs> the, yeah. Yeah. After the interview. Yeah. Where he thinks that she gets a confession and. He wants her to. to yeah. He wants her to arrest her and yeah. yeah. And Eve's like, no, it doesn't seem right. You know, yeah. but w- now we know like why he wants well, Eve to yeah. arrest. Now we know why he was someone doing else, that, but you know, and, and Eve, it, it goes also to, you know, everybody talking at least on the forums that I remember about how mean Eve is to, to Peabody. I disagree that Eve is mean. to. No, I, I do too. I don't think she's mean to her at all. She does kind of say something a little bit mean in that, in this scene where they kind of like, she says something. What does she say? Um, if you want to go run after your lover boy and stroke his ego, nobody's stopping you. Right. And you know, to me, that's just, that's something said in anger and right. You know, frustration and it's not. Yeah. I get frustrated in, you know, with fiction and even in real life, when people will hold something, you know, like one thing against that somebody said against the character for a long time, right. it's like, you know, read the room, read right. the context. You know, she was angry and frustrated, and Peabody was there. Yeah, and, and she, she even she said, said, "You know, that. you're a handy target." Mm-hmm. So she basically, I mean, she apologizes right away. Yeah, and that's one thing I liked about it. She did apologize right away. Yeah. And I mean, there were t- there's times later in the series where Peabody is like lashes out at Eve because she doesn't think she feels enough or, you know, whatnot. And I mean, that's just that's just a that's just a relationship. That's a friendship. That's yeah. not I don't think at all. And on top of, and on top of that, Eve's her superior. She's training her. So of course she's gonna yeah. be harsh on her sometimes. So I don't think that's, I don't think that's mean at all. Rebecca, any thoughts? No, I'm, I completely agree with you guys. That's why I haven't said anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I, I, I agree. I think, you know, Eve reacts and it just like the rest of us would react. I mean, how many times have I, you know, chewed out my kids because I had a bad day, sure. you know? Yeah. Um, it, it happens. It's yeah. unfortunate, but it happens. We all said something know. in anger that we didn't mean to say. And, mm-hmm. You right. know, it's, 
that shouldn't be held against you for the rest of your life or the rest of your career or the rest of whatever. Right. I mean, right. But what I like about this scene is at the end, you know, Eve does kind of say some, say to Peabody, she's like, God damn Peabody, I like you. Yes. And Peabody said, I like you too. What's wrong with us? (laughs) (laughs) Which is kind of their dynamic throughout the Yes. It, I mean, that that line right there just kind of encapsulates their... Because they are kind of opposite. They are completely opposite. Like, I mean, just personality-wise, they're completely opposite. Right. You know, Patty's kind of this naive, wide-eyed, you know, smart-ass, but, you know, she's got a lot to learn, and... And, you know, she can't, she comes from not necessarily a normal family, but a good family. You right. Know, a happy family. Yeah. And, you know, Eve doesn't. And, you know, and she's, she's seen the harsher side of life where Peabody, right. really, I mean, even though she's a cop, she really hasn't seen it. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, we don't see it so much in this book, but in later books, we see that e, uh, Peabody is very girly. Yes. And Eve is yeah. not very girly. Right. Yeah. yeah I got that impression. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, like all the times that she wants to, uh, you know, get her hair done and, you know, check yeah. her out. Yeah. And another thing that struck me too, when they were at, um, I think it was Redford's office the first time mm-hmm. and they offered, they offered refreshments and Eve was like, what do you think Peabody should we eat or something like that? And I'm like, that never happens again. Usually it's like, he's like, no, you cannot have that. Right. <laughs> like, right. like, don't get into, the, too busy. Don't get into the drinks. Like, just leave it be. But this time she's like, yeah, let's eat, you know? I'm yeah. Like, okay. But another kind of bad, uh, Somerset moment comes a little later because, um, Eve was, is supposed to be working on wedding stuff. Yes. <laughs> and this is the last thing she wants to do. Yeah. So she she decides to pass the wedding stuff on to Somerset. And, and the book says, you know, that Somerset says something to the effect of, you know, that a wife of a man in Rourke's position would have to learn basic social skills. Right. <laughs> which is a dick thing to say. But then she it says... It's a total dick thing to say. Yeah. And then she's, but the book says she told him to shove it. And then they both went off well satisfied to do what they did best. Yes. Which Which, is kind of their dynamic from this point on. Yeah. Basically. He insults her, she insults him, and then they both go off happy. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. You're right. Yeah. They're, they're both very happy with that arrangement, you know? Yep. So. Like I said, you know, later on in the series, my feelings change about Somerset. You know, at this point, book 50 or 49, whatever the last one was, you know, I love Somerset. Yeah. I'm just saying these, for these early books, Dick. He was a dick. <laughs> you could say it. It's fine. Dick. Apparently nobody has a problem with you saying that Somerset is a dick, but don't say that Rourke is a dick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You got in trouble for that. well we said from the beginning that you know i mean in our experience you have people that love eve don't love rourke and you have 
people that love Rourke don't love Eve. Yeah. Or you have those of us who love them both. But... And if those of us who love them both. <laughs> so I said this to Jen um, a while back. I don't know if I, if I brought this up on the podcast before, but um, here's my theory on Rourke. Okay. Um, Rourke is a pizza, right? Yes. Rourke is a pizza. Pizza analogy. Because we love pizza. I love pizza. You love pizza, right? We know that a pizza isn't good for us. You know that ordering the pizza with the extra cheese and the stuffed crust and, you know, the extra spicy sausage or whatever, it's not good for you. And you could order the super healthy veggie pizza but really deep down that's not what you want yeah you want the pizza that's not good for you uh, you know I and i don't know i mean at least that's that's how it is for me i mean i know that i would never want anybody like Rourke in my in my actual life you know you know I same, same way that. i know that i should probably order the veggie pizza i think I mean, I guess, I don't know. I, you know, I'm, I don't want to say I know people like Rourke, but I know people similar, like personality type wise. And, you know, they're some of my favorite people. So I guess, I mean, everybody's different. And especially later on too in the series, I think once he mellows a little bit and he's not quite so in your face, like I said, everybody's drawn to different personality types, I think. Right. But again, too, and I think I enjoy him more as a character later on in the series. I think he's, his sense of humor comes out a lot more later on. Right. Because Rourke is a pretty funny guy, you gotta admit. I mean, once you get yeah, some of the later bugs. When, when I think once he gets a little bit more comfortable and more willing to kind of like roll with the punches where yeah. Eve's concerned. Yes. But yeah, I mean, we're all we're all different. We right. really like what yeah. we like and we, yeah. you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, I still feel my pizza analogy is valid. It is completely valid. Is. I would eat that pizza. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even like pizza, but damn, I'm going to eat that pizza. Yes, I said I don't like pizza. Don't come at me. <laughs> But isn't there times when you don't even like pizza, but you see a pizza and you're like, oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, I want pizza. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'm like, oh, pizza sounds so good. Pizza so, yeah. sounds good. Oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I hate, uh, oh, I don't want to say I hate, but I, I really can't eat pepperoni. Okay. Yeah. But every once in a while, you see that pizza with pepperoni and sausage and everything. You're like, oh, I, I actually, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Bring it on. When I really should be, like I said, you know, ordering pizza with, you know, cauliflower veggies <laughs> and not so much cheese. Oh, and with on. the gluten-free crust. You've got to have a lot of cheese. The cauliflower crust. The cauliflower crust and everything. But I really want the, like, pizza with everything. Yeah. That's really unhealthy for you. Well, Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to have pizza, I'm going to go all out, man. 
It's gonna yeah. it's gonna have all the bad things on it. So there you go, everybody. Rourke is a pizza. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm 100% on board that analogy. All right. Now we're to the part where uh, Eve and Rourke are having their respective bachelor bachelorette parties. Yes. And uh, I just think it's funny. You know, I mean, they, they uh, have Eve's at the down and dirty. Oh, I love that. And she walks in and like, it's, you know, Mavis and Peabody and Nadine and Mira. Yeah. And Trina. And Trina. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a motley crew. Motley crew. And I can't even imagine Mira in the down and dirty, but there she is. There she is. (laughs) Having the time of her life, by the way. Having the time of her life. Yes. I totally can see her being. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, yeah. yeah. Mira is one of my absolute favorites. I adore her. And now that I think about it, I'm actually kind of sad that we don't see Mr. Mira yet. I know. Because I would I would love to see Mr. Mira at Rourke's uh at Rourke's bachelor party. Bachelor party. I, I was actually thinking that during that scene. I was like, you know, it's a shame that some of the, <laughs> you know, the characters that come in later. Yeah. Rourke's bachelor party, like, you know, McNabb and Baxter and Mr. Right. And, you know, so yeah. many of them. And somebody else will have a bat. Oh, somebody else did have a bachelor party yeah, later. Charles. Not Charles. Yeah. Charles. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> You know, and I just yeah. thought it was so funny that, you know, Nadine got up, you know, stripped down and got up yeah. and danced. A media personality. That's what kind of made me laugh about that. Like it would have, you know, it would have been kind of funny if it was Prima or something, but I mean, it's Nadine and that's freaking hilarious. Right. You know, here she is. She's well known. People know who she is. Yeah. Like, I don't care. I'm taking my clothes off. I'm going to dance on stage. And, and then you feel kind of bad for um, Peabody because she's saying that she and... And um, Casto aren't a thing anymore. Yeah. Now that After the case After her fantastic is... toast to Eve, by the way. Her... Oh, yeah. yeah. That is like, that is one of my favorite, again, one of my favorite things in the entire series is her toast, you know? Her toast to Eve. Yeah. The, the best fucking cop in the whole stinking city. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Seeing to it that I'm permanently attached to homicide where any half blind asshole, asshole could see where <laughs> I belong into there. <laughs> yes. I love it. Yeah. And I also love, you know, seeing a little, well, we don't see a whole lot of it, but Rourke's bachelor party yeah. is full of like porn and. Right. Yeah. When- and- you know, you know, strippers and Rourke's not about it at all. Yeah. He's just like, um, okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, they do make a point to or she does make a point to mention that he's touched by the gesture because it's Feeney that did it. Well, yeah. You know, but he's also just like, um, I wish there would have been more like, again, I think, I don't know. I don't remember if I brought this up when we did naked, but like, you know, Richard and Elizabeth were supposed to be these such good friends with Rourke. Why wasn't Richard at his bachelor party? Right. You know, that always bugged me. 
after, you know, he was so close with them. And then they're not mentioned again until what? Survivor when when Nixie comes in? Right. Yes. They're never even mentioned again. Yeah. Supposedly they're so close with Rourke that he gets involved in the investigation. And it's just, I don't know. That just, that always bothered me. And his bachelor party is just a bunch of random, bunch of randos like businessmen yeah. that he has business yeah. with. That yeah, which is funny in its own right because sure. Rourke looks around at these people that he does business with, and he's like, <laughs> right. "Oh my god!" <laughs> like these people yeah. are here with you know the strippers and the porn and yeah. But I, I mean, I just I don't know. That's just it's like at least yeah, at least bring Richard in. Have all the other, you know, businessmen, but, you know. Right. Have at least one friend besides Feeney there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, bring in Somerset, for God's sakes. Invite him. Like, <laughs> oh, can you imagine? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm but, surprised Somerset know. wasn't there. Yeah, right? Maybe it was, but. Yeah, maybe. It was just not mentioned. Who knows? <laughs> but, yeah, I just, I don't know. that For some reason, that just always struck me as a little off, like. Yeah. Come on, Rourke's got to have a couple more close friends than... It's it's very Feeny. It's a very Feeny thing to do. Agreed. Yeah. The whole bachelor party with the yeah. strippers and the porn and the whole thing. That's that's yeah. very Feeny. It's very And yeah. it's very, you know, it's a very sweet gesture and God bless. Yeah. He's, we love Feeny. Yep. So, at Eve's party, now... Eve gets uh, snatched off the dance floor and drug into a room and essentially given drugs. Mm-hmm. And then we find that all along it was Casto. Yes. Yes. And I don't know. I mean, it, Rebecca, this is your first all time right, reading it. Right, I mean, did, right. it, did you like, were you already focused in on Casto? It didn't, it didn't shock me. No. It wasn't, you know, well, again, he's kind of a sleazebag from the beginning anyway. Right. So, I, was so yeah, no. I wasn't shocked. So, um, so yeah, he's drugged her and he hasn't, um, calculated it correctly. Cause she, he thinks that she'd been drinking and she hadn't. So he didn't give her enough of the drug. So he learned his lesson. Yeah. She kicked his ass. She kicked his ass. Yeah. After she let him confess to everything because he thought she was drugged. Right. Yeah. Well, and that that has to always happen, right? Yeah. The killer always has to. It almost always happens, yeah. Especially when she's in that kind of situation. Like, when she ends up in interview or something, then no, it doesn't always happen. But, yeah. Um, But, yeah, when she's in a situation like that, they've got to brag. It kind of has that uh, (laughs) Scooby-Doo feeling. Right. (laughs) you're kind of right actually yeah yeah he kind of does say that like i would have gotten away with it but you won't let it go yeah yeah absolutely yeah so um but before then rourke at his own party kind of clues in on oh it might be cast though because of something that Feeney has said. So they're already working on that together. Trying yeah. to figure out if, if, uh, if it was Casto. So he's at his house. And uh, when Eve is uh, rescued from Casto, from the whole cast of characters that are at her, at her party, including crack. Yes. 
they all make their way to Rourke's house. And so prior to this, Eve has already, I think, twice tried to get out of the wedding. Yes. Sneakily <laughs> and subtly, but yes. Right. You know, but um, here she is and they've brought her home and she's loopy because she's been drugged and everything. And, and uh, this is when she decides to tell Rourke that, no, she's figured it out. And, you know, they have to get married and it's not such a bad thing because it's a promise. Yeah. And it's not so hard to promise something that you really believe in. Yeah. Or that you really, you know, feel like you're going to you really promise something that you want to yeah. do. Which I love. So, I thought that was a very sweet Which is line. very sweet. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And again, um, on Instagram, we have a follower, Heidi, and she said that's her favorite moment of the book where yeah. Eve's all loopy oh and she says, you know that, you know, she's finally figured it out and it's a promise and she's okay with it. And cause she said that's touching. It's, it's humorous while being touching and it's so yeah. important to Eve's character development. Yeah. That she finally comes to grips with it in her own head. Agreed. Without Rourke manipulating her. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> she comes to it her own self and it is important yeah i agree but you feel bad for it because she didn't drink at her own bachelorette party because <laughs> she wanted to have a clear head that's not cool man <laughs> and she ends up with a, like a hangover the next day but she's not even enjoying it she does well her own her own wedding <laughs> No, 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 no. Her bachelorette, oh, her yeah. bachelorette party. I think to the point where she gets drugged. I mean. Right. <laughs> I think she was enjoying it. She, yeah, she, was, like she was having fun. As an observer of everything, you know? Yeah. yeah. Watching yeah. her friends, you know, um, have a good time, I think. Yeah. She was having good, probably a better time than Rourke was. <laughs> probably, yes. You know? Like, but like Jen said, up to the point that she was snatched. So then, um, the marriage happens. Yeah, that's it. All she wrote. That's all she wrote. Yeah, well, that's not our, all she wrote, really. Because... Petunias, which always, again, struck me as weird. I just petunias. You know, yeah. I I I plant the petunias every spring, and for one thing, they're a pain in the ass to take care of. So this idea that they're easy, they're not. Cause you got to deadhead them bastards all the time. <laughs> and you know, for two, I just don't see how they would hold up in a bouquet. They're kind of a flimsy flower. But, but Eve likes them. So yeah. And I get that they're pretty and, and you know, it's work. You can do whatever he wants. So it's fine. But <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, why petunias? You know, it does seem like an odd choice, but yeah. you know, I mean, I mean, I guess she was going for simple, but if you're going for yeah. simple, go with like daisies or, you know, sunflowers or I don't know. I just, I don't know. Petunias just seem like an odd choice to me. Well, you know, and with our um, familiarity with Nora's work, how Nora works, um, it's possible that Nora was planting petunias in her own garden. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's a very avid gar gardener. You know, she talks about right. that a lot. And, you know, gardening shows up in, like, 
a shit ton of her books. So right, <laughs> it's not a surprise at all. And she does have a tendency to what she's doing in her personal life kind of a little bit leaks, yeah, into, leaks into her, book. her yeah. work. Yeah. Yeah. So it's possible, yeah, that she was really, really, really into petunias at that time. And That's absolutely possible, yes. Eve is going to have petunias. Yeah. So there. <laughs> so, okay, that's the third book down. Yeah. Third book of the original trilogy. And apparently everybody wanted more, so... Yeah. We get a fourth book. We got a lot more. <laughs> we got a lot more. So, um, listener comments this week. Somebody on Podbean, um, somebody left a message basically saying, uh, HH17 on Podbean said, I love the audiobooks as well. <laughs> I'm very glad you love them. <laughs> I think you. I mean, what do you do? I'm not looking for anybody to agree with me. Honestly, I, I've, I fought that battle for a long time. I really don't care if you agree with me or not. (laughs) It's fine. And I'm really not looking for somebody to agree with me also, but you know, it's nice to have people agree with me. For the most part, most people agree with you. I'm I'm one of the outliers. Yeah. Um, also, on podcastanddeath.com, we got a, a comment on our last uh, episode, and it, that's from Donna, and she says, uh, so enjoy your podcasts. No one I know personally reads the series, so I enjoy laughing with someone who does. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the reason. It's, it's definitely the reason we're doing it, you know, Absolutely. because there are people out there that... Yeah, they don't know anyone that reads them. Yeah. I don't, I only know one other person in, in real life that reads them <laughs> in real life. Well, you know, that I personally know like that in real know, life. I've actually, you know, <laughs> physically touched. <laughs> right. So, um, we had a, a answer to our trivia question from the last time. Um, you might remember that our trivia quest question from the last time was a question from, uh, glory and death. And the question was that Rourke owned a casino on a gambling satellite. Where was that satellite located? And on Instagram, we got two people answered correctly. Um, this person's handle is Grammy, Butt, <laughs> but it's not Grammy, Butt like Grammy B U T T. No, it's Grammy, Butt B U T. Okay, cool. Um, and uh, I'm going to say it correctly this time. Born truly Canadian. There we go. Last time I didn't say it correctly. Yes. Uh, they both guessed correctly. The gambling satellite was located in sector 38. Yeah. Yay. Indeed. So new trivia question for this episode comes from Immortal. Um, at a certain point, Eve and Peabody had to go and investigate, um, the immortal blossom. And they went to one of Rourke's subsidiaries, futures laboratories and research, a a subsidiary of Rourke industries. What was the name of the droid that met Eve Uh and Peabody 
and took them into the uh, the research facility. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know you know. I know you know. <laughs> but do you know this? Because we have a Ask Jen. Oh boy. From the wiki. Um, so this was on the gifts page. Okay. And somebody says that, uh, I guess we don't have on the gift page, the gifts page, uh, Rourke gave Eve a revised work area. Oh, yes. Even though Eve didn't want it. Right. Another manipulative thing that he does, apparently, later on in the series. Yes. Is, I don't care what you want. I'm going to redesign your work Uh area. Yeah. What book was that in? Well, let me think. Because that goes on for a couple of books. Yeah, it does, actually. Like, he he broaches the subject with her, and then, you know... I want to say it's like three books later when he, when it's finally finished. See, cause I feel like Eve, uh, here's how, here's where I identify with Eve. Okay. I feel like Eve is one of those people like me who I don't, I don't like new things. Right. Yeah. If you're going to do, if, if, if I'm going to be put in a new situation that, you know, I feel a little bit of panic at first. Sure. Like I don't want anything new. Yeah. What I have is fine. I can totally see that about you. <laughs> yeah. I do not I do not react to new things well. Yeah. Is, I, I'm kind of the same way. I don't do well with change. It's not So I mean, even though it seems a little bit manipulative of Rourke to say to Eve, like, I'm I'm redoing this. I don't this is this is my gift to you and you're gonna let me do it. And you know. And Eve pushes back because she's one of those people that doesn't, I don't like change. This is fine. Everything I have here is fine. Like that old rickety car. Like the rickety car. But he gets her the DLE Urban and she loves it. I want to say, I want to say it was secrets that she gets the, the office. And I would like to tell you you're correct, but I haven't looked it up. <laughs> I'm just going to assume you're correct. I'm pretty sure. It's yeah, either I'm... Secrets or what was the one after that? Was it Ven- Vendetta? I'm looking Dark. Was it Dark? I don't think it was in Dark. Are you sure so... it was Secrets? I thought it was before that. No, I'm pretty But sure I've it's... questioned you before on your knowledge. and Yeah. And I will uh... admit... That I have not read the last few books as often as I've read the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, you know, details are a little hazy, but I well, want to say, no, there's no um, information on secrets in the wiki. So, oh. unfortunately. <laughs> so, I can't tell you if you're okay. right or not. I will, you know what? I'm going to go through secrets sometime this week and look and we'll talk about it next week i'll let you know for sure yeah because good. i can't remember for sure but i'm yeah. pretty sure it's that one it's either that one or like i said vendetta or it's one of those ones in that general vicinity <laughs> right and she does end up liking her new she does she loves it a yeah. lot yeah because Rourke knows her better than yeah. she knows herself and we've said that before yes you know he knows what she's gonna like 
Exactly. And she should just let him do what he is going to do and <laughs> she should <laughs> and roll with it. But, you know, again, she's she's one of those people that like, no, no new things, no new people. Yeah. I mean, look how how long it took her to requisition a new car. Yeah. You know, and it took it, what, getting blown up for her to finally get a new one. A couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Kaiser. Kaiser. Oh, sorry. 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 <laughs> All right, so um, as we've already said, next week we're going to have Tara uh, Corcoran from... Tara. Uh, Tara, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Tara. I said Tara. I meant Tara. I really did. Um, and uh, so Tara's from Basic Snitches, which is a Harry Potter... Very cool Harry Potter podcast. Podcast, Yeah. It is really fun. Like I said, I've, I've listened to a couple episodes, and I'm not a Harry Potter fan. No, you're not a Harry Potter fan. See, I am, and I, I'm having so much fun with it. I've been That's reading good. I've been listening to it. I started listening to it before we, you know, embarked on this venture, and, um, you know, and then I was like, I kind of set it aside for a little bit, because, you know, podcasts aren't, in general, I don't listen to a lot of them. I listen to some, but, um, you know, I'd rather listen to music if I'm going to listen to something, but... Um, but yeah, I, I've been loving it. I, it's, it's so much fun. They're going, she could, they go chapter by chapter through each of the books and yeah. yeah. And it's so much fun to, and I, my favorite, my favorite thing about it is they have a winner and a loser of each chapter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every time I'm like, yes, you're so right. Yeah. So yeah it's well, great. It's fantastic. So, uh, you know, I mean, I feel like people should maybe check that out before next week's episode and kind of see what um, Tara's all about. Tara's all about. Tara before is, uh, we have her on. Tara is a fantastic person and she's yeah. so personable and lovable and you're going to love she's her. She's great. And then after that, it's it's on to uh, Rapture. Rapture. Again, you know, uh, if you want to get a hold of us, podcast in death, uh, you can go on there and leave us a message in one of the threads and uh, we'll get it. Or you can send us an email at show at podcast and And we're on social media podcast and death on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can call us on our number, which is two zero five, the number four and Rourke. And you can leave us a message. Uh, tell us what your favorite book is and why, or just, you know, answer our trivia question or give us any kind of feedback at all. Or just call and say hi. Or just call and say hi. You know. And that's fine, too. I guess that's it. So, um, for Podcast and Death, this is AJ. This is Jen. And this is Rebecca. And we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to Podcast in Death. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. Podcast in Death is hosted by Amy Ryan, Jen Terpstra, and Rebecca Moore, and is edited and produced by Amy Ryan.
The opinions expressed on this show are for entertainment purposes only and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the in-death fandom at large. Podcast in Death is not in any way affiliated with Nora Roberts, Berkeley, Penguin Publishing Group, or St. Martin's Press. Our theme song is Justice Never Sleeps by Cosmo and is available on Shutterstock.com. This podcast and all of our previous podcasts are available at podcastindeath.com. Have something to say? You can email us at show at podcastindeath.com or find us on social media by searching for Podcast in Death on Twitter and Instagram. But no, we don't have a Facebook page. Also, you can call us and leave a message at 205-4-ROARK. That's 205-4-ROARK. Thanks again for listening. And from all of us here at Podcast in Death, Slan Gafor. I'm not a man, 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 I'